All right, everybody. Welcome back to the CrossFit Rife podcast, where we talk about the pursuit of health and happiness via CrossFit in the affiliate every day. Back here with one of our many, many awesome members, Lindsay Painter. And um, we were just chatting a little bit beforehand. It's like everybody gets nervous about these. And it's literally just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like when everybody's done, they're like, oh, that was fun. I'm like, I know. That's why I do it. Yeah. It's super fun. Yeah. Um, but cool. Yeah. So like we just like to bring in people and uh, we were chatting a little bit before. I think there's going to be some cool stuff in this podcast. And um, But first, a little bit about you. So Lindsay is typical 9 a.m. for the most part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's the uh, the blonde with the full sleeve. Oh, ink. is that what I'm, is that what on I'm the, known as? On the left, right. on the, well, just for, as an identification, <laughs> full sleeve on the left arm, which I want I've been meaning to ask you this. I think it's totally dope. Um, I want to do it as well, but, um, is that, that's not, that wasn't your first tattoo, no. was it? Oh yeah. Your first one, you're just like, I want a full sleeve. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. So I went in there. It's aggressive. I like it. Yeah. Well, originally I was like, I want like a quote on my, on my forearm and like, I, and I want it to be like. Like this kind of lace sort of like like this, you know, like integrated with like a lace look kind of a thing. Okay. So I went and I talked and my, my best friend's got a full sleeve. She's also one of your members here, Kate. She's the oh, yeah. oh she's yeah, the that's she's right. the silent I totally quiet, strong that. type. Kate is a six AM with the the with the right sleeve. She, yeah, yeah, she was with color. us she was with us many, many years ago and then like had a little bit of hiatus and, and is back. Yes. So. Yes. And so she's, she's, the she's actually the one who introduced yep. me to Ryan. That's right. So yeah. So the guy who did her arm um, I love her arm so much that I went and saw him about this. And so I was like, hey, I want to put this quote on my forearm. And he's like, all right. And he's like instant resistance. I'm like, oh, what's this about? And he goes, well, here's the deal. So he goes and he like mocks something up. It's like the words are literally like an inch to two inches. Like the letters are like two inches tall. It's and your I was whole like, forearm. do they really need to be, does it really need to be? Like, I just want like a little. And he's like, no, because they're just going to, it's just going to bleed. Like as you get, you know, as time goes on, it's just going to bleed. You're not going to be able to read it and I was like uh, I don't really want to do that so then we started kind of talking I was like look so here's the deal what I what I really want like what I'm not saying is that I really want a full sleeve but I don't really know what I want and he was like I've got time this afternoon and I yeah well we yeah it was like basically booked yeah we booked a four-hour thing and I was like I don't really even know what to start with and he's like well let's just start at your elbow and I'll just do like I'll just mock up a mandala because he does these really beautiful mandalas. Yep. And we'll just start there, and then we'll go. And, and you so went elbow down first, right? Or did I you go, went. Or did el- you go elbow? Up? So I actually went elbow, and then I've got on my forearm. I've got those two otters yep. swimming, and then the paw on the inside of my arm. Okay. So I had like these three big pieces, mm-hmm. and then he did the forearm water, and got he it. did the trees, and he went up my arm. Yeah, I dig it. So it's like super detailed. Uh, It kind of reminds me of Cassidy's, like the intricacy that he did on there. Um, Mm -hmm. I just always think it's unique. Um, Zoe did that too. No tattoos, full back piece. (laughs) (laughs) Like, caught me off guard the other day. I was like, dude, I'm like, that isn't, I mean, like full back. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, I I dig it. I think it's, I'm going to, I want to take mine uh, on my right arm down. I'm really a big fan of like three quarter sleeve. I like the three quarter sleeve too. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. I mean, I love this. I love that it goes into my hand and stuff. It's cool. But I, yeah, had I seen more of those, I might've gone the three quarter sleeve. I I really dig three quarter. Um, Cause I like, I like the idea of like kind of pseudo being able to hide it. Like in a long sleeve shirt kind of with your sleeves rolled up. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, whatever, I don't, I mean, like, tattoos are so, 
accepted this day, these days. Like nobody cares. They are, but I tell you what, man, I you that's know, not true. People do still do care, but it, that's dumb. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are certain places that I don't show it. Like when we go to church, I don't show my tattoos. Which which? But I go to. I agree like with a, you. No, I, I agree with why you're I go, saying that. I go to that, Galilee it, on the ocean front. I know. So there's like some. There are some older people there that don't but what's get the whole tattoo. Thing. But it's so funny because it's supposed to be at this non-judgmental place, and it's not that at yeah. all. <laughs> no. Sinner. No. no, yeah. Sinner. So pretty much every time we leave church, my husband and I have a conversation about like, all right, what's the actual message that Jesus meant? To, and yeah. like, then what? How's it being communicated? Well, yeah. We, you know, we fall short. Yeah. Like we're humans. We fall of short always. I just it, always it find that ironic. dynamic to be incredibly interesting. I'm just like, yeah. wait, this is supposed to be a judgment-free zone? And I feel like I'm getting a lot of that right well, now. Well, and that's, I think, why it's so amplified because it's supposed to be a judgment-free. Yeah. And so you notice it. Like, I, you know, if I'm out and about, I mean, I expect to be judged. I think it's crazy. About, but. Um, <laughs> so you did a four-hour sitting. Or, like, what's your pain tolerance for for sitting? Is apparently, it pretty high? Apparently pretty high. I feel like females have really high pain tolerance for I that. Yeah. I mean. Just did, like, a five-and-a-half-hour back sitting once, and she's just like, yeah, it's fine. I was like crying after 20 minutes on my thigh and i was like oh i don't want to do this well that's like the worst part the first half hour is the worst yeah. and then your body just kind of gets into a place where it gets used i also to feel it. like it depends on the artist it depends on the yes. artist and depends on like the so heaviness right. of the hand yes i've heard some stories because i yeah my the the piece of my thigh he was a little heavy-handed and that was two five-hour sittings and then the one on my arm which is, I don't know, like pretty detailed. It's my whole right shoulder, two hours sitting, like done, start to finish. That's crazy. Light hands, super fast. But this guy's been tattooing for like 40 years. Yeah. He's just like, just done. So, yeah, I think I think that does matter. Um, yeah, that's cool. And then how do you know how much how many more sessions you have? So, I don't know. We booked four more four-hour sessions. I don't know if it's going to Four gonna more? Need, yeah. Oh, I don't wow. know if we're going to need all those. There's a, f- a fair amount of shading, and he does that dot shading. Which yeah, the takes, stippling. Yeah, yeah, it takes a little longer. It depends on, like, with, like, trees and, like, some of the paw. Some of it's heavier than others, so yeah. he has to kind of have to go back over and over. You know, it's a, it's a process. It yeah, just that's cool. It takes a little longer. I super dig it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Um, which is crazy because that's, like... I want to say, like, in the last 10 years, the acceptance of ink and artwork on the body has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to be, like, that was, you were a rebel. Right. Like, that was, like, you were a bad, like, you're into some bad shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> you're like, you, you clearly have been to prison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're just like, ooh, stay away from that one. That's going to be right. the person's sketch. Um, uh-huh. But that's not the case anymore. Like, everybody's got tattoos. Yeah. Like it's just such a, and there's some really cool stuff out there. It's I mean, art. Like really I mean, cool. it really yeah. is art, and I think that that was the, the piece for me about it was like I didn't want it to be something that I went to him because what I learned after I went to him the first time was like, well, clearly I don't know what I'm doing, so you do, and I know you do because you you know mm-hmm. did Kate's arm, it looks amazing. So why don't I just give you some ideas of things, of uh, the things that remind me of home, and you just go for it. And so like I gave it's him crazy. like a concept, and he would just make his own. I was like, how about like some like bear tracks, mm-hmm. you know, some bear tracks. And he's like, oh, what if I did like a concept, but it wasn't like tracks like this, but like they were together. I was like, well, dude, you're the artist, like you do it. Which and is so funny, cool but that's thing. that's kind of the general feeling that I get these days is that like largely it's up to the artist. It's mm-hmm. kind of what they want to do. Like to the point where I think Zoe was telling me that. 
the artist that he was following just put out an idea. He was like, I want to do this on somebody's back. And and then people just apply, basically. Mm-hmm. Their their body is the canvas. Yeah. With no attachment to this artwork whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, I'm like, that's kind of insane, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet what I found out when I started doing that, and again, I don't have a ton, but is uh, these days they're very particular about what they will and they won't do. Yes. And where they will and they won't do it on the body because, and I get it, right? It's artwork and they don't want it to look like crap because when somebody sees that, they're going to ask, like that's inevitably, that's the question that comes up is well, who did that? Right. And it's usually like, it's either because it's really good or it's not so really good. Right. (laughs) Right. So I think it's, uh, I get it. Yeah. I still think it's a bit strange though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that was one of the things that we noticed when we went. So I'll plug my, I'll plug my artist. Jameson over at Otzi Tattoo Agency in Norfolk. Mm -hmm. Um, Brambleton. Like at the very end of it. Yeah. Um, But he, uh, we walked in when Matt and I went there the first time. um, It said like on their little thing kind of, you know, describe what you want. And like you see like a, like a person's, you know, like a person's body, like a model. Oh, yeah. They've got the hands crossed out and the face crossed out. And we were like, you know what? Like, respect to that. Because, you know, y- you know what you're willing and not willing to do as an artist. Yeah. And, I, you know, I can appreciate that. I was right. this, I read some article years ago that there are some kind of unwritten rules within the tattoo industry. Is that, and these percentages are way off, but, like, the hands and the face are off limits unless you have significant body work done. Mm. And then... And only then will somebody do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the way it works is mm-hmm. like you can't just go in there. I mean, with the exception of like wedding rings and stuff like that. But generally people won't they won't do the hands or the face unless you're unless you're just like out of space on your body. <laughs> right. <laughs> like right. that's the only spot I got left, man. Yeah. My hands in my face, yeah. um, which I get it. I mean, like yeah. and I don't know. I mean, I understand the face a little bit more. I'm not real sure on the hands, though, but. Yeah. I still think Andrew. a little mustache. Like, on the See how many people have the mustache I know, that's why, I'm, that's why I won't do it because it's just too overdone, but it's pretty funny. It is funny, though. Yeah. Like, it's And it's super subtle, and I don't I don't even think it's that big of a deal. It's, yeah. a, it's a good, like, party trick joke. Yeah. Um, I thought about, like, Matt, I thought about doing, like, the uh, latitude, longitude, kind of, like, of our of where we were married on our inside oh, of the ring be cool. finger or something like that. might be kind of neat because he's, you know, Navy, and they, they yep. take their, you know, their wedding rings off on the ship. Where did you guys get married? Safety. Uh, we got married actually his, in his mom's backyard. She lived on Tennessee River in uh, That's cool. Saudi Daisy outside Chattanooga. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's like they've dammed the river, so it's like a lake. And uh, she's got this beautiful house that goes out on this peninsula. I mean, That's it, was, awesome. it was awesome. It was an awesome place. That's it was a really small cool. wedding. It was really nice. That's really awesome. Yeah. It was very cool. Where did you guys meet? Well, so we met in Nevada. Um, so he, I was, was he in Fallon? Born and raised in Carson City. Yeah. Uh, he was in Fallon. I was living it. in Reno. Uh, we got on Match.com. We were both on Match.com. I'd been on Match, like, on and off for a year and a half doing a bajillion coffee dates after I learned that coffee dates were the only way to go. Like, if you got to sit down in front of somebody and, like, hang out with them for, you know, about an hour because you're going to be eating. It's a job interview. It's not. Mm, yeah, no. You, you know, all you need is five minutes. You really just need five minutes. Yeah. You don't need You don't I need mean, let's cut to the chase. First and foremost, I need to find out if I'm physically attracted right, to you. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. like that yeah. could be just a no, don't pass go right yeah, there. Yeah, be yeah. like, oh, listen, the coffee was great. I'll talk to you some other time. Right, right. <laughs> Maybe. Like, energetically, you know, like you sit down with somebody and you're like, oh, this is totally awkward. Great. Now <coughs> I got to sit here for an entire meal. And that happened a couple of times for me. So I had a hard rule of no, no dates beyond co- like coffee date first. That was it. Coffee date. That was all I would do was a coffee date. 
That's smart. Yeah. I got well, some, yeah, I did it long enough. I got some. I actually had tactic. I had some. What was procedures. the worst date you ever had? Oh, so okay, so well, I had some pretty bad dates. Um, I mean, let's line them up. Let's see. <laughs> let's see. Um, so uh, one that I remember that comes to mind is this guy. He was. Uh, he seemed like he seemed like a pretty cool dude. Like his pictures and all that kind of stuff seemed like he was like active and he was a little older than me, but not like by a significant amount. Just you know, probably like seven years, something like that. Okay. So it was you know, it's acceptable. Yeah, it's acceptable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like I, he's like, all right, well let's go to let's go downtown this uh, Silver Peak. Let's go have you know let's go have some food there. And this was before I had the coffee world day, right? So yeah. So this was this was a big driving force in that. Um, so he's like, so I can't meet you down there because I'm having car trouble. Could you come pick me up at Trader Joe's? <laughs> You're like, dates off, my man. Dates <laughs> off. Like, oh no. You don't want to pick up. This is not starting no, well. You don't okay. pick up. You don't pick up your right. your blind date. Yeah. So I pick him up, and he's got this gold minivan, like an old, like old gold minivan with is one of those wheelchair looking? with oh. one of those wheelchair things on the back of it <laughs> I was like, oh, so many red oh, flags no. right now so this many red flags so bad and it just it just the date just went downhill from there it just went downhill from there literally by the end of, we were supposed to go like go to a movie or go do something after dinner that's a I lot of commitment like, for, for it's a huge day. commitment yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge commitment at least in the movie you don't have to talk to each other coffee only right <laughs> yeah yeah so by the end of date by the end of the dinner i was like i got a horrible stomach ache i gotta go home <laughs> that, <laughs> that stomach ache is you that was it yeah that's uh go drop that's another thing Joe's. that's totally acceptable these days is like the online dating thing yes which that used to be like you were a weirdo too yeah I, that was, even back when I was date like doing all it was it was kind of weird. I was kind of embarrassed about telling people that I was doing. All when was this? This was uh, 2013. I feel like it was pretty acceptable at this point. I felt still felt pretty weird about it. I mean, it was, but it was th- it was like it was just coming out of the woods kind of thing. Like yeah. I feel like it was just you know people were just starting to get comfortable. So there's Match dot What was the other big one that came out first? Plenty of fish, free, and then eHarmony. eHarmony, that was the other mm-hmm. one. Yeah. As for the people who have all the Buku bucks. Match was kind of a middle of the road. Like, you get like six months for a reasonable yeah. amount of money. Like, it's not it was e- an investment. It's not eHarmony, but, but it's not Tinder. You know, it's <laughs> right. not. It's a, See, it's Tinder. A, <laughs> I missed out on Tinder. Tinder I mean, was after Matt and I met. Swipe left, swipe uh, right. That's so, just so, a social so That's so a social experiment right it's there. So just yeah, in and of itself. Yeah, th- there's all sorts of weird ones. They have like farmers.com now, which is just oh, like, yeah. if you're only if you're a farmer. I'm just like, that's, is that? necessary like that just seems a little weird but um. well i will tell you that i i was actually married before matt and i were okay. married briefly for two years i was married and he was from a rancher's family and i am not from a rancher's family and i will tell you that farmers.com is probably a good thing because it's a it's a lifestyle like when you're committed to being That's a rancher fair. or farmer it's a lifestyle choice, definitely. And that was a big reason why he and I didn't work out. That's fair. It's just, you know, like. I never thought of that. The idea of him living in a condo, never. Like, we had an acre and half of it was basically a junkyard. Like, legitimately, it was a junkyard. So, that didn't work for me. Yeah, I guess that does make sense now that you say that. Yeah. I would have never thought of that, but. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you guys meet in Reno, and then how long before you guys get married? Uh, we got engaged a year and a half after we started dating, okay. um, and then I moved in with him right around that time, uh, moved to Fallon, and then we lived there for six months, and then moved to Virginia Beach in February of 16. Okay. 
and then we were married in September of 16. Got it. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're, I mean, we've been to Alabama, moved down to Alabama the next summer and then back here the following summer. It's been a, it's been a whirlwind few years. What were you in Alabama fun. for? What was in Alabama? Uh, war, uh, war college, ACSC, uh, oh. Air Command Staff College gotta, down gotta, there. Gotta, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we had a, basically we had the option of staying here and not really getting good paper or going down there for a year, getting a master's and, and coming back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. That's something else you and I have in common. We're both Navy wives. Oh yes, well, <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I've embraced that title as a Navy wife. I love um, it. So yeah, it's interesting. I, so I'm I'm one of the few. I've been on both sides of that that relationship. So I've been I've been I guess like I've been the one who's deployed and the one who's at home mm-hmm. at different. And uh, I think being home is harder. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Deployment's fairly easy, you know, with like, or without kids. Luckily, neither one of us did that with kids. That would be significantly more difficult. Yeah. And if I was a betting man, I would I would bet significant sums of money that we'll get at least one more in the next five years, at which point I'll be, you know, single dad. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, yeah. Nothing you can do about it. Um, but, yeah, it's harder. Like, when you're on deployment, deployment is deployment's easy. Like, you have to worry about yourself. Most of the things you have to worry about are taken care of for you. You know, the work day is the work day meals are served to you mm-hmm. it's like do my work work out eat food email home try to get on a video call but it's significantly easier now because you like you can most of the time get on a video of some sort and talk to people yeah um, that is nice so but yeah it's um like back in the day it's like write a letter yeah like literally yeah. like no communication oh, um, crazy. so yeah i find that i find that being home because like you kind of have to pick up all the workload if you're at home by yourself and it's like if you don't have kids like it's not that much more but like you depending on what you guys have split in the relationship you have to pick up all the stuff with regard to like bills and house maintenance if you work you know like trying to have your own social life at the same time so Mm -hmm. i've always thought that you know deployment's fairly most of deployment is boring depending on what you do yeah i've yeah yeah we've talked about that a bit i think so we've done this is our second workup cycle um, we did one uh, when we first moved here. We were in workup cycle. And then, so he traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. He was gone a lot. Um, but we didn't have a kid then. And so it was it was definitely a lot easier. You know what I mean? I would just yeah. kind of stay busy, you know, do whatever. We had a dog. That was it. So, but when we. Dog's like a stepping stone to a kid. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, this workup cycle, we have Jack. And it's a little different because he, ja- it affects Jack a lot. Yeah, because he's. One and a half, or uh, he's nineteen months. I was gonna say one and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's really takes him about forty-eight hours on the front end and the back end to kind of adjust to daddy being gone and daddy okay. being home, that kind of thing. But um, this will be, we've actually never had a deployment in the six years that Matt and I've been together. He has not deployed until he's gonna play deploy in February. So this will be our first one of those. I don't, I don't, there was a weird time frame there from like two thousand and three to two thousand and. 12-ish where everybody was deployed all the time just because of the the op tempo just what was going on the world but i think now is much more indicative of history in general if you look at the past four decades um where deployments are starting to slow down particularly in different communities some of them are about the same but yeah it's a little bit more like this is a little bit more normal Mm -hmm. i think where it's just where you know the first the first like 
four or five years that Jess and I were together, I think we did like seven deployments between the two of us. Jeez. I mean, it was just like high five, just like see ya. You know, it was it was a lot. Yeah, between like 2004 to 2011 when we got married, um, I'm pretty sure it was like seven. She did three. I did four. Wow. Mine were a little shorter because I was doing like these four month deployments here and there. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, gone is gone. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. So. How long I'm were curious. you in for? Uh, I did 12 years active duty. Okay. Yep. So I did. Are you a reservist? No, I did two years in the reserve and then I left that clown show. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was. Yeah. I have to be very careful. People ask me about it and I have to like, I have to temper my response because yeah. it's my, my experience was not the norm, but man, it was a goat rope. It was just not worth any of it. Yeah. And I was fortunate cause Jess is still in. So I didn't really need a lot of the stuff that other people were there for, Yeah. you know, like the, the benefits and all that stuff. And I was VTU, so I wasn't even getting paid. I was just like, you, wow. guys, you guys can have this. Yeah. Like, I'm good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't regret any of my time. Like, it was all good. I, I learned a lot, and, you know, it was a uh, a phase of my life, so. Yeah. Um. So. You went to the, did you go to the academy? I did. Okay, I did. go Navy. Yeah. Yeah, we watched the big, game on. It's a big, did Matt? Uh, no. Okay, okay, I didn't think you so. You went to Auburn. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. We had to beat you guys. Hey, hey, you know what? I'm a, hey, while we're on that topic, I, I just, I'm just happy that Auburn or that Alabama is not in the national championship. Big win. I am, I big am. win for Auburn, by the way. Uh, I feel like yeah, that, like that was a big deal. That's like that's the one. Like regardless of what kind of season Auburn is having, that's a one coin toss in Alabama's season every year. Is that if they're playing at Auburn? Mm-hmm. that could not go well. Mm-hmm. That could not go well. And I was super happy to see it happen too because I think had they beat Auburn, I think they would have unjustifiably still been in the conversation for uh-huh. the national championship. Yeah. And I know I got a lot of Tide fans out there that I'm friends with, but, like, listen, you guys are good. Um, I think if you lose in some of those scenarios, like, that's it. You're out. Yeah. So, um, but my man Joe Burrow's got the Heisman. That's pretty amazing, dude. That's pretty amazing. I it, it's been it's been pretty fun to watch LSU this year. They've been, you guys are on both sides. They're just Man. killing it. Just I think it. I think Joe Burrow has probably set LSU up for success for the next decade because now what they're going to have is quarterbacks, which they've never had in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had some okay quarterbacks, but they've never had guys that were top-notch quarterbacks who are trying to go consistent, to LSU, you know, but now I think yeah. that's going to change because they're like, oh, Heisman Trophy winner? Like, I can go there. I can get in that pro-style offense. Like, that'll work. Right. So, yeah, I'm super excited, and uh, and I just love Coach O. He's a maniac. Um, but anyway, that's not why people want to listen to this. You and I could talk about this all day. Well, that's congr- not <laughs> that's not what people <laughs> are on this podcast <laughs> okay, to listen about. Enough, so, to this point, we've only discussed Navy wives, tattoos, and football. All so, right. So, what were, uh, ta- what were we talking about? <laughs> which is which is all relevant. People want to know yeah. uh, about uh, the members. But so, this is the part where we kind of transition and talk a little bit about CrossFit. So what? So what's your what's your background? growing up with regard to like fitness or sports well if you ask my my husband he will tell you I'm probably the most uncoordinated person he knows um he likes to use one particular story where I was (laughs) we were hiking with my mom and my mom's got really like really loose ankles she just actually just had a surgery on why I was gone for a month um but she's got these ankles that roll real easily so like 
we, I, we, was, we were walking in front of her, and I was kicking pine cones off the, off the like, path so that she okay. wouldn't step on it, roll her ankle, oh, right? okay, got it. So uh, somehow, <laughs> somehow I managed to kick a pine cone in my other foot that was supposed to be on the ground, came off the ground, <laughs> and I ended up on my, on my, my, my tush tush. Uh, very, I, I wish ha- very hard. You explaining it was a very hard that, fall. It was you explaining like <laughs> that, I, I like trying to envision it, but I'm having, I like, I'll have to see how this unfolded. So now my husband says, you know, no, no kicking pine cones. Anytime we go for a walk anywhere, no kicking pine cones. This is, it's our, my mom's like that. She's just like, yeah. we all joke that she could just literally fall down walking down the street. Yep. Yep. So, t- so to that, um, I was not good at sports. I played them, but I was not What'd good at play? them. What'd you play? I played soccer. Okay. Uh, when I was very young, I played basketball. A little when I was a little older, um, and then you know we kind of mess around with volleyball, like in our backyard and that kind of thing. When not not competitively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that was really it. And I just was never. I was more. I've always been more musical, artistic. That's always kind of been more my speed. Okay. So and yoga. Yoga was a huge part of my. Um, my physical fitness. That when was did you start doing thing. yoga? So my mom had a book from the 1970s and it was called like the 28 days of yoga. And it was on this big bookshelf at the end of our hallway between my brother and my room. And I grabbed it off one day and I opened it up and I said, so I was probably 12 years old, 12, 13 years old. That's and I interesting. opened it up and I was like, this is so cool. Like, I feel like it's a this? really young age to get into yoga. It, yeah. I just started doing it in my room. I was always kind of loner. I would just kind of go in my room, just like do yoga. And my mom realized I was doing it. She's the like, tattoos oh. make more sense now. Do they really? I think a little bit, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, Not like in a bad way. That's just cool. like, yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Okay. I get yeah. it. Have you seen that uh, Netflix documentary on? Uh, What's the dude's B- name? B- Bikram. Bikram. Yeah, Bikram. I have not. I saw the little preview watch for it. it, though. I probably the should watch it. dude's a creeper. Yeah, I know. That's why I didn't watch it. <laughs> not that I've done Bikram yoga specifically, but... It's really odd. You know, it's kind of The whole thing is very odd. when somebody that you'd expect to be a sort of mindful... The whole thing is odd. Like, you watch the video, and it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not like... Nothing... I mean, I didn't finish watching the whole thing, but it's not... There wasn't anything on there that was, you know, super graphic or anything like that. Yeah. But um, it's just odd. Mm-hmm. Like, he's an odd little guy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the Speedos and stuff is a little alarming. But, uh-huh. um, <laughs> you know, it's... Aren't they always Man, it, it's... it's, uh, it's a, Yeah, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's, um, mm. it's, it's an interesting documentary. There's a lot of, like, strange stuff in there. Um... Okay, so you're you're into yoga, and then you do you still do yoga? Uh, some, I like mean, some. I don't. Yeah, I'm not n- not like I did when we lived here before. I did it a lot. I did it probably four days a week over bamboo. On, oh, that's uh, a lot. On great nights. Did yeah, you did were lot. you an instructor? Did you teach? No, I was actually going. I was going to take the the class. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, because I already have a business. Like, I don't I don't need to do another thing. I yeah. didn't really, you know, and I didn't know if it was really going to benefit. It just kind of. D- didn't work you know what I mean just wasn't my thing but um and so I also had a fear of like because I know that when you start doing something that you love for money it changes its it changes its context it makes it different that's very true yes so it changes it from an intrinsic motivator till an extrinsic motivator mm-hmm. so all of a sudden and that's just not as there's just not as much that you lose it like you'll lose a drive you know you lose a motive I think it's interesting well maybe I think uh it like I haven't um, I think it depends on the degree of your passion. 
Um, I also think it depends on how you deal with stress. That's a good point. Yes. You know, because like as a business owner, I'm sure you can, business ownership is not for the faint of heart. No, it can be incredibly stressful. Yeah. Yeah, incredibly. But if you can compartmentalize that away from the actual sort of minutiae content of what it is that you do. I could see that with CrossFit though, because it's, it's, well, and I could also see it with yoga, I guess. I, you know, if you can sort of compartmentalize it and stay in the, in the progression of it and the growth of it and sort Mm -hmm. of stay in that place with it and that discomfort kind of constantly and compartmentalize the other stressful business aspect things. I could see, you know, but like, you know, like people are like, oh, because I, I, there was a period where I threw a lot of pottery and I don't, I've got a wheelbarrow throw it in right now. And, you know, I always be like, oh, you know, what if I like, if I pay you to, to make something and I'm like, I'm not gonna, no, like I'll make <laughs> you something. Like you tell me what you want and I'll make you something, but I don't want to get paid to do it because it would absolutely change its, because when I was, when now I'm you making feel obligated. it, yeah. And when I'm making it, I'm, I'm making it for the purpose of money, for, yeah. the, for the return of money, you know, I don't know. It just, do you feel that way about? So tell people what you do. I'm do a business coach. Yeah. So do you feel weird about that? Um, I can tell you that when I sit down with somebody and I just do a session with them without like a pre, like a, like a complimentary session before we even start working together, yep. I always feel a r- overwhelming sense of like service and I don't know. It's really, d- it is different, but it's like overwhelming. And when I'm coaching somebody... I still have that sense. It's just not as intense as it is when it's for free. Because it's true service. Like, I'm a real oh, believer I that, like, you're, you're overflowing <laughs> with, you know Got what I mean, it. versus, like, you, you pay me and I give you. Like, yeah. You know. It's just a little different. Mm-hmm. It's, but I still feel I still feel a lot of desire, obviously, to help and to, to you know, advise and all that. Because I love it. I love doing it. How long have you been doing that? Uh, 2009 was when I started doing that. How do you get into that? So, How does one get into oh business? Oh Lord, I, I and like I say that because I do some, so I do bizarre. some of that as well for, for CrossFit. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I I fell into it honestly. I you know my the the guy that I was married to before and I had a business that was failing and we contacted a company and we went to a seminar with them and, and it ended up that there could be an opportunity to be a franchisee to learn how basically learn what they knew mm-hmm. and i didn't really know what i was going to do with that information aside from build successful businesses Got it. and what it turned into was it was actually a business coaching sales training you know franchise basically so i got That's all this it was yeah it was really cool and it just sort of happened and there was a lot of speaking involved in it, which I love doing that too. So it's so just much a fun. All, it, what? It's so much fun. It's such a good time. So it was, I guess I was just like doing what was in front of me at the time, you know, and I was at the time I was only, I had gotten sober a year before that. So I was still like in early recovery, not really sure what I was going to do with my life. Hadn't really thought anything through. And I just, these things were happening and I just started you know, I just started, I just kind of went with them, mm-hmm. you know, and it just sort of happened. The that's, business I, just sort I of feel happened. like that's, for a lot of people, that's how it kind of works. Mm-hmm. Like, I never intended on running a CrossFit gym. I was, <laughs> I was going to be a dentist. Like, that was my life plan. <laughs> my life plan was to be oh a dentist. Oh my gosh, yeah. is a dentist. Yeah. I want to be a I dentist. totally cannot see um, that. I'm glad you didn't do that, by the way. Why? I'm glad you ended up here. Well, me too, but. Um, I just think that you're, I, I mean, I think you'd be a lovely dentist. I do. I just think that you're so I think for this. I think I 
I think what I really wanted to be was just an entrepreneur. Like I always, it was always like I wanted to be my own boss. Mm -hmm. And I think I had kind of just gravitated towards dentistry because of the flexibility of it. And I found it to be challenging. Um, but then I fell into this and I was actually going up to the point, like right until the point where Logan was born in 2014, like that was still on the table because I had started going back to school at night because mm -hmm. at the Naval Academy, you don't take any biologies, you don't take any. So I was short like 30 credits and I was an idiot. So I had to retake some classes. <laughs> um, so yeah, like right up to, I had just finished all my prerequisites and had started, I had scheduled the DAT and had started to schedule like pre-interviews. Uh, and then she was born and then that because she was a preemie that right. that like because there's no there's no um, most people don't know this, but there's no dental schools around here. So like the closest one is either Richmond or in I think ECU in like North Carolina. Oh, wow. And um, so at that point, like we had a, we had already started this business and I was like, I can't do that. Like yeah. I can't commute to Richmond every day or go there during the week and leave my wife here active duty with a baby and a business I'm like so yeah I was like well CrossFit coach it is um so yeah I mean that's kind of how it unfolded for me uh yeah. but there were some pluses of that like I like I I took a ton of anatomy and physiology and biology classes which obviously have very good mm -hmm. carryover to this um and that stuff I was always fairly easy for me like that was the first time I actually did fairly well in school but mm -hmm. um that's so, yeah. funny that dentistry, because I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to be a dentist. I had a Did you? Yeah, I had a friend whose dad was a dentist. So did I. I was like, oh my God, they have so much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you. How would it be a dentist? Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah. If, and if you have your own practice, I mean, it can be a very lucrative. Yo, particularly yeah. Particularly what, you know, we have a couple of orthodontists that live down the street from us, and they got a G-Wagon, they got a Tesla. Yeah. They got all the stuff right? over there. And I'm just yeah, they had all the toys. I we're was like, like, oh, I'm only. We're like the poor people in the neighborhood. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I actually ended up being, I was a dental assistant. That was my first job. When I was 15 years old, I was a dental assistant for three years. At 15? Yeah. I was Well, sterilization technician for the first six months. I was going to say, they, is that even and possible? They, like, put me right into the dental assistant role. And I loved it, and I was good at it, and I That's did it for three years. And so I was like, oh, how about dental hygiene? Like, that makes sense. And so I went to school, got my pre and course, a lot of anatomy, physiology, yeah. that kind of thing, right? Literally semester before I was supposed to apply for dental hygiene school, and they would take 11 applicants out of, like, 150 at the time. It was crazy. Oh. Like, your odds were, yeah. Like so I had a lot, had a lot of, like, background in the field yep. and all that stuff going for me. I had, you know, it's 4.0. Like, I was doing great. I was like, I'm going to be bored out of my mind if I sit in an operatory doing the same thing every day of my life. Talking next, to people. Like, I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> talking to people who can't talk back to you because <laughs> yeah. your hands are in their mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> mm, this is fun. Yeah, no. So I so I opted for nursing school. And so um, and then I went to nursing school. I got my RN and was an orthopedic nurse for a couple of years. And then that's when my whole – that's like the end of the end of my You did all the story. stuff. I've done some pretty – I was, yeah, I was a travel agent for a while when I was in college. I've done all kinds of stuff. It's been, I've had a pretty, cool, pretty cool life. It's been a very interesting life. That's so awesome. Far. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah. So, and, you know. So finding out all of this about you also highlight, like, so obviously you're very personable. Yeah. But like, oh, but I hope so. Well, yeah, yeah no, you are. Yeah. It, I, so if any, if I, if you don't get invited onto the podcast, it, it's not because I don't like you, but like some people are easier to talk to than others. Like, <laughs> and podcasts is needs to be people talking but um 
Maybe you should have a coffee date with him first. Right? There you go. That's a good point. Right. So we have to have we have you to have got a cold brew in the back. We have to have, have we have to have a so yeah. Burn. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have a podcast. I'm gonna have a podcast app about like how to pe- uh, do you want to be on a podcast and you can just have a coffee and see if you can talk to people. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, that makes more sense. Like if you've done all of those things, you can't for most of the like to 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 put yourself out there for so many things. You're generally not somebody who's like an introvert. For some of those yeah. well you know actually naturally i am an introvert Are I you? Don't, yeah i'm not a, i'm not a fan and i say that and i say that mostly because on one-on-one you know on one-on-one conversations are are most challenging for me those are the most challenging conversations for me to have really yeah i don't get that vibe right now well i know you though that's true and i trust you and i've you know i've been around the gym but you've seen me at my you know physical worst in <laughs> a lot of ways <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, like I. That's, you know, that is the is interesting certain, like, thing about coaching is like the about, yeah, yeah yeah I mean the people let you in on their deepest darkest secrets yes. as a CrossFit coach like it's crazy I bet they do it's crazy yeah the You're number of things exposed here like this is a yeah, yeah, real yeah. good ego crusher here I, it when I don't when I don't work out I start feeling my ego getting the best of me you know what I mean along with other I have to do other things to make sure I don't get too much you know too out in left field but. I really start feeling it when I don't crush my physical, like when my physical body yeah. isn't just pressed to. A, I mean, there's to a, a lot to be said for that. It's just exercise in general and what it does for your mind and your perspective. I think it's super important. Um, yeah. The um, speaking of that, did you when you decided to get sober? Like, what was your outlet for that? Like, were, was it still yoga? No, it was, it was a, I, and it was because I, I mean, I literally had no, like I had tried everything to get sober. And so any, like anybody who's ever struggled with, with, and in my, I had a lot of drugs in mine too. And I think that's why okay. I got so, like, it got so bad, so young. Um, like what age? Or, or was like I really didn't start partying until I was like 19. I mean, I was a good kid. Like I got straight A's. I was a good kid. Like I wasn't a, like, I didn't, I wasn't that kid. Like, well. I did sneak out some, but it wasn't like abnormal. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I like mean, I wasn't being crazy. I think normal kids sneak out. I never went fun. to juvie. I literally never got detention. Like I was that, I was just not a bad kid and that, mm-hmm. oh, I never got caught. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. I was you kind of the mean? same way where yeah. like I went, I was like pretty straight and narrow. And then, um, I drank pretty obsessively once I got to college. Now, the Naval Academy will lend itself to that because it's yeah. like a binge drinking only, essentially. So it's not like the best environment. But yeah. um, so just AA was your outlet. So a lot of people yeah. find some, the reason I said so my mom's yeah. re- in recovery, but like yeah. a lot of people find something else mm-hmm. like they like they kind of like switch that addiction to something else, hopefully healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, I <clears throat> I can still say that even though I went to AA and I and I, you know, did that whole 12 step recovery thing, I addictions do like it's still it's still switched from one to the next i mean it still had to be over it took years to finally get to a place where i learned how to moderate my life where mm-hmm. i didn't have to like be overly obsessive about what i was eating or how much i was spending or how much i had in the bank or what you know who like guys that i was dating when i was single like mm-hmm. just it kind of it kind of takes on its own little like personality it huh. just sort of it's it, it's like obsessive I was going to say it sounds like OCD-ish. Yeah, kind of OCD-ish, yeah. And it took a long time to finally get to a place where I could do a lot of different – a lot of things 
in moderation where I don't need to be extreme and I understand the oh, value of it. moderation. I understand the value. Whereas before I was like, all right, I'm going to, I mean, this is like, I go on these kicks like, all right, I'm not going to like, I'm not gonna, like starting Monday, you know, starting Monday, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go get a bag for my, you know, yeah. dealer. I'm not going to, I'm going to run three miles and I'm going to eat two salads and I'm not going to have any sugar. And I went like, I mean, I would just make this an impossible thing. Like set yourself up for, sp- yeah. for failure. Yeah. Over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. You know, and it's no wonder why I could never get it right. Yeah. You know, it's just, and so what I learned was just trying to do the next right thing. And that, if I kept it in that, like that small of an area, if I could just sort of keep it right here, then I didn't have to be thinking about long term. It's like that whole one day at a time thing. But even but even in early recovery, it was literally one minute at a time at times. You know, when you really want to drink, like when you're really uncomfortable and you really want to drink, mm-hmm. it's not about today. It's about right now. It's about this minute right now. So like I got to get through this minute and not drink, you know, and that's what early recovery is like. Yeah. And sometimes when you know, when, can I cuss on this? Sure. Fabulous. I never get to cuss because I have a 19-month-old son. Listen, you can do Let's anything you want on a podcast. <laughs> you can do, this is my <laughs> okay, podcast. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I love it. All right. Um, but when, uh, oh, see, now I forgot I was going to cuss about crap. doesn't matter. It'll come back um, up. But, oh, when shit happens. Yeah. You know, when shit happens. And you've got, you know, you've, you know, there's a powerlessness. There's a, you know, things are happening that you don't want to be happening. The urge to escape that, you know, and for somebody who's, in recovery, the the option to calm the nerves for that ease and comfort, even momentarily, is not the same as somebody who can drink successfully, who can drink responsibly. I don't have that option. I could, I could, I could take a drink. The problem is, is that, and the problem to me is not taking the drink. It's not because someone can do it responsibly that it's a bad thing that they do it I don't believe that I think that it has a place I think Mm -hmm. that alcohol absolutely has a place and I think it can be a really really good thing for a lot of people but for people that it's not good for like me uh it's there is no there is I have no idea what's going to happen after that first drink there's what I can tell you is it's not going to be just one I know that for sure for a fact because I tried a thousand times Mm -hmm. to just have one or just to have two and I just always wanted one more I didn't want six more I just wanted one more but it never stopped yeah you know it just never ended so um that's the danger is that phenomena of craving begins once I have the alcohol in my system and and then it's on and it's on like I don't like get out of my way I don't care who you are or what you want I know what I want and it's to get loaded period yeah that's <clears throat> I've always, so I don't, I don't think I actually have an addictive personality. Like I would probably be classified as an alcoholic at different points in my life where I was like that. So I was just partying to party, but I never, and I could be wrong. So feel free to, to school you. Sure. Well, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> like, like, so, and I, and I say that because like I can count the number of times I've had a drink by myself on two hands. And I'm almost 40 years old. Yeah. And like five of them were probably like in the last two months because there's just been some beer sitting in the refrigerator. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm just going to drink these. Otherwise, they're going to sit there forever. Right. But like 
But at no point I'm like, God, I need a beer. Right, like, right. Like, right. it's or, just not a thing. That, oh, I'm not going to drink those. Like, oh, I'm not going to drink those. Yeah, it's, it's just not a thing. Yeah. I don't know why. So but now I can, I can drink irresponsibly with the best of them. Well, and here's the thing. So the thing that, that, that hit me really hard in early recovery and when I, when I knew that I was an alcoholic, because there's always that question. Like, when you're in early recovery, yeah. you're like, well, maybe it was just, you know, maybe I overreacted. <laughs> like, maybe this is just, maybe I was just having a bad month or yeah. a bad year, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> or a bad decade. Yeah, or a bad decade or whatever, you know, and I maybe I just overreacted. But um, the thing that the thing that made the difference for me is that when I was controlling my drinking, I was not enjoying it. And when I was enjoying my drinking, I could not control it. And that was the, that was the biggest difference. Ooh, that's a strange, well, that's a good that's a good description of that dichotomy. Right. Right. Exactly. So for people, it's not necessarily that people go like, look, people go out and they party and depending on like who you're hanging out with, where you are, what you're celebrating, what the circumstances are like, there's a thousand reasons why some people may drink more Mm -hmm. at certain times than others. But I will say once somebody's an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic. Like once you're a pickle, you're not a cucumber. Like you're no longer, (laughs) you're, you've, you've lost the right to be a cucumber. You're now pickle. That's it. Got it. So, um, not going back. You know, and so that is a pretty big, that's a pretty big line to cross. And once you've crossed it, you know it because you can't stop. You can't stay stopped. Mm -hmm. Like you can stop, but at some point it will always, you will always pick up again and it will become, it becomes a, it's a con, there's like a need to control. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to change where I'm going, who I'm with. I'm not going to drink in the, you know, in, in the mornings. I'm only going to drink in the evenings. I'm only going to drink when I'm around people or not when I'm around people. I'm gonna, there's all these sort of like rules that you're making yeah. to drinking specifically. And that's when it really, that's for me when, when you're, I knew when you're, I was really When you're creating your life around this one yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I'm trying to manage other things so that I can control it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's real. Has has that has that process helped you as a business coach? Like oh, tremendously. I, I'm just think I'm unpacking that as we're talking about it, and, yes. I, and I can see and how it would. Yeah, and I would say that probably the biggest benefit to that has been that because I don't have, and again, there's a place for alcohol, mm-hmm. but because it's not an option for me, mm-hmm. I have to deal with life as life is happening, uh, which means which means more importantly, I have to deal with me. Yeah. As I am happening in life, mm-hmm. you know, as I'm feeling certain feelings which are creating or I'm thinking certain things which are creating certain feelings which are causing certain actions. Mm-hmm. I have to know that there's that there are things that I can do other things other mm-hmm. than drinking or using to to become to, to be effective still to grow in effectiveness and usefulness, because if I don't. I'll just start going down a road of destructive behavior. And it's not like drinking was the only destructive behavior I had. I mean, yeah. I was dishonest, s- incredibly selfish, you know, a, vict- a lot of victimhood, martyrdom, that, all kinds of Got stuff it. to go along with yeah. it, you know. But that's also part of being The world human. is against me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of being human, too. Like, we mm-hmm. all kind of have qualities, mm-hmm. um, some of which are maybe more amplified than others. Yeah, I can. So, so what is the, so is fitness part of that process now where you have to have that to kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I do need that. It's, um, it grounds me. It, um, 
I think humility is probably one of the biggest things that it's, you know, not, not that I, I mean, I certainly don't claim to be a humble person. That's why I cross, that's why I CrossFit. That's why I, that's why I have I mean, a, why I have a relationship with God. That's why, yeah. I, you know, that's why I have to keep, I have to understand what my size is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And not forget that because as soon as I do, I start thinking that I've got power over things. It's just, and, yeah. it's, and it's crazy. It's delusional. That The reality is it's just delusional. You know? Yeah. I really don't, I, the, the level of power that I actually have in life, there's this, uh, I don't know what you call it, a parable or whatever, but. Yeah, um, or a fable maybe. I'm like know. a fable, yeah. But like, uh, we're, we're like an ant on a river. We each like an ant on a river uh, going, you know, going down a log on a river, sitting on a log, going down the river, mm-hmm. thinking that we're steering it. <laughs> that's kind of like, like. You're going down the river whether you like it or not. Uh, yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. You know. I get it. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely my outlet. So, like, I'm fortunate in the sense that my my business has the built-in outlet. Yeah. Right? So, it has that stress reliever in there. And I, 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 I typically function worse in almost every aspect when I don't train. Yep. Like, just across the board. Absolutely. Like, everything. Yeah. So Yeah, diet. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything. I agreed. Um, agreed. So, you didn't go to any other CrossFit gyms before this one, did you? Mm-mm. So that's a, that's been, a big. I've been to another. But I mean, that's a big leap, since, right? Like, and I, so like, I'm thinking about somebody who doesn't have that background. Is just like, yay. where where there's no like other entry point. You're just like yeah. CrossFit. <laughs> like, I'll just go all the way in the deep end. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um. So when 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 I lived here before, I actually had a personal trainer over at another gym. Um, and we did a lot of hit training. Oh, okay. So I was familiar. You've been like somewhat introduced to yeah, the. Yeah, okay. so I was somewhat somewhat introduced to it. Um, I'd never done rope climbs. I'd never done snatches. Mm-hmm. I'd never done, um, I mean, I, most of the movements that we do here, like aside from maybe back squats and front squats and I don't know. I mean, I'd never done dumbbells, single hand dumbbells, snatches. I never, I mean, walking lunges. Like yeah. We did some, we did some farmer carries. Yeah. But like we didn't really do, but I, I but I knew the benefit of mm-hmm. having, one, having a coach, obviously, and then two, being challenged continuously in mon- and watching that. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, um, that's an, that's a, and I would actually be interested on your take because you are a coach in a different realm mm. but people all like so people are will always say well i can go to a gym and do that and i'm like okay are you going to right do you know what you're doing right is somebody designing these workouts for you right. are they teaching you how to move better all of those things yeah and uh for me it's always like a breath of fresh air when somebody understands the value of a coach it's huge you know you don't know you like because i think that we think that we know what we're doing at all th- like i really do think that i think that we all think that we know what we're doing most of the time but the reality is, is that we don't like we don't necessarily know that the motion that we're taking right now is the correct motion. Like, I mean, on the regular, I'll have my ribs flared <laughs> out, but you know, like I mean, and I, it's funny because I know well, that I f- about myself. But well, still. I feel I feel <laughs> g- relieved that you under that like w- we've taught you enough that you at least acknowledge those things. You know, where oh, that's yeah. not the case all the time. Um, but somebody somebody was telling me recently that on another podcast that I was doing, they're like, I feel bad for you as a gym owner. They're, he's like, there's no, oh, yeah, he was in a, he's an accountant. He's like, he's like, there's no other business where your clients feel like they know as much about what you do as you do. Mm. And CrossFitters mm. are pretty bad about that. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I think we should do this. And you're like, thanks. Mm. Good for you, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Maybe you should start your own gym. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should. You should train people. <laughs> yeah. It's should, it's super easy. It's super easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then when you started, how far postpartum were you? Um, I was. I was right around ten months. I was gonna like, say no, it was under. No, a it year. was actually less than that. No, what was it? He's he was born in May, so it was February, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. So he was nine months old. Okay. He was nine months old, and he was just to the point where he was like, he was like sitting, he was like sitting up on his own. He was like crawling a little bit. Mm-hmm. He was scooting on his butt. I was his first, you know, yep. mobility was scooting on his butt. Um, so I felt comfortable having him here, Got not, it. you know, because he'd not been in daycare before. Here. Yeah, he was just our first daycare, you know. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rip the band Yeah, there you just go. I do it all at the same time. So nine months, and then uh, um, I breastfed him till ten months. Okay. And then, and I know for a lot of women that when they breastfeed, they lose all the weight, like the weight, the weight just comes off. Some. Some do. Lose. I mean, like I held on. My body held on to reserves until I stopped breastfeeding him. And I still was, I mean, for probably at least a month after, I was still, like, I still had an extra 15 pounds on me. Okay. You know, that was 15 pounds beyond what I was at when I got pregnant. I was going to say, so like, to got, get to pre-baby weight. Yeah. Yep. When I was, when I got pregnant, I was, I was 150. And I, and that's a, and for, because I'm not super tall. I mean, I'm 5'7 almost. That's taller you know? for but a I female. Mean, I mean, you know, You're muscle, not short. Yeah. You know, it was pretty, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty sturdy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, and that's really what I was. That's really what I want. I yeah. don't. I don't. I want. I don't want thin. I'm not a thin person. That's definitely not my body type mm-hmm. at all. You know. But I wanted to get back to that, like, like, confident, like strong. Because mm-hmm. I, I had emergency C-section, so it's like. Ooh, yeah. I mean, and you know, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, just well, not, like, not personally, but, but yeah. You know, you know what that recovery is yep. like. I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's rough. gnarly. It's rough. It's gnarly, and it's like it's literally being cut in half. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a uh, tough recovery. The, the reason I was asking is because it's. Those two variables are pretty significant. So no, not a ton of training prior to. I mean, you had a personal trainer, but like to just walk into a CrossFit gym, and then particularly just to walk into a CrossFit gym, kind of cold turkey. But but postpartum too, like a lot of ladies would be super hesitant to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I remember when you came in and like right to it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's awesome, and then to see to see that that transformation over that time frame is, is really cool. Like, you know, to watch you go through that, get more comfortable in the classes and, you know, and then how much weight have you lost? I'm down, I'm down to my, I think I'm maybe 152. Yeah. So I think but I, I mean, have a couple pounds, but I'm basically back yeah. and I feel really good. Like when I look at myself, I'm like, girl, you're like, I'm there. And I've got good more muscle mass than I had before I had him, which says something because I was pretty fit mm-hmm. when I got pregnant, yeah. you know? Um, but I feel really, really good. Good. Yeah. And I love it. And I, that, but you know, what's funny about that is that, like I told you that we, our, um, scale got broken mm-hmm. when we moved. It was one of those glass scales yeah, yeah, that yeah. shattered in the move and we never replaced it because I was like, I don't need to know what my way, like well, actually my husband said that he's like, we don't need a scale. That's <laughs> such a good be, place you know. to be though. Yeah. Like mentally. It was a, it was a smart move to not have that. Cause it doesn't matter. It Within within reason, right? Right. It's right. just like, hey, if you look at that every single day, probably not the healthiest habit. No, it'll you drive know? you crazy. Particularly absent of any other metric. 
You know, it's right. like, okay, tell me your weight. And it's like, okay, knowing nothing else about you, like that is literally a useless metric. It like, really it is. Well, it just drives shame. I mean, have you ever heard Brene Brown? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, she's, so the, she's the, she's the, yeah, 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 so she talks about shame, and shame mm-hmm. begets shame, it's like, it's the same thing, if, if I stand up on, if I stand on a, on a scale, mm-hmm. and it tells me I'm 15 pounds overweight today, which, you know, five of that could be water weight, I mean, literally, literally, it literally could yeah, be, yeah. you know what I mean, um, that's not going to help me get to the next thing, it's going to literally trigger shame in me, and guess what I'm going to do, probably go downstairs and get myself a snack that I shouldn't be eating like it's probably going to be something that I should be putting my body but why not because I'm already 15 pounds over where I'm you know what I'm saying like that's the cycle like that's the and that that's that's really recovery cycle too like when you think about recovery it's a a lot the same thing that's a good point it's a lot the same kind of thing I've already done that might as well just might as well like what's the what's what's gonna happen right yeah there yeah there's a there's a select sliver of the population where that metric will induce positive action but it's not the majority where some people be like nope no more of this and they're like cold turkey the next day but those those people generally operate like that everywhere else in their life so like they're they're pretty easy to pick out like they're the person who just like decides one day is one of those yeah yeah he's one of those guys he's like oh yep i'm way overweight i'm not i'm cutting these out like he just doesn't it doesn't it does but doesn't go beyond that that's it like he makes a decision and the decision is made and that's it there's no battle. I'm kind of like that too. My friend's mom told me like years ago. This is kind of a, I was like in a weird spot, but like I was drinking a lot, and my my friend's mom saw a picture. She's like, "Your face looks fat," and I was like, "That's it, <laughs> no more." <laughs> I was like, "Back in the gym." Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. And then, but you, the because the the weightlifting is what scares a lot of females. So, but you, so you had been doing some hit training, but you're saying you're never doing any of the, you'd never done like snatch and clean and jerk and all that stuff. And most people don't because they don't know how to do it. So they're just like, mm, I'm going to stay away from it. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you weren't scared of a barbell. Like you weren't hesitant. No, well, I mean, I wouldn't say that I wasn't scared of a barbell, but I guess I, I mean, I knew that you all knew what you were doing mm-hmm. and that you were watching because you knew that I was new yeah, and that I didn't know what I was doing. And, and I also knew not to go, I, I, I have no, I have no ego when it comes to weight. I am not like I do not makes, need to add weight. Makes I do not coach's need to life add so weight. easy. I really don't. And I, admit, admit, but it might also hurt me because like today, I could have gone probably ten pounds heavier. So that I think is a great place to be because now we know. Right. And that's what I tell everybody. I'm like, now you know. So next time we can, the over assumption that you can when we potentially cannot. Is yeah. where things go wrong. Yes. So I would always prefer that people undershoot until we find some metrics. Now, if you continually undershoot, now we have to talk about it. Right. Where it's just like, hey, you're doing this intentionally now because you don't want to work hard. Now you're just being lazy. Now you're just being lazy. Right. Um, but that's not the majority of people. There are those people that do that. Yeah. Um, Brittany Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> no. But she's she's not doing it, but like she's so strong. Yeah. And she's Crazy always, strong. always kind of dialing it back yeah and which is great however sometimes we need to push the envelope a little bit like within reason as long as like technique is there and we're and we're we're kind of in that threshold while being in control then i think it's fine but but, you know you can't just throw caution to the wind but um no i think it's an i think that's a good spot to be because now i can now i have observable data 
to guide my next decision mm-hmm. or say, Hey, last time I did it at this weight and that went really well. I really thought that I undershot that. So now I'll go up mm-hmm. versus the other side, which is the ego driven side, which is like, I can totally do that. And then it smashes us. Mm-hmm. We probably didn't hit the intent of the workout. And now we're in that spot where like, we got a little bit of shame going and they're like, Oh, I suck at this. Like, I'm not yeah. good. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, so the, the slow, steady gains are always like, in my opinion, the people who not just do better, but like have a much healthier place with training long term, yeah. which is like, listen, I'm going to do this forever. Like, and if you, and if you are, if you do have a plan on doing this for longevity purposes, like to be able to do this when you're 55, 60, mm-hmm. then that kind of changes how I approach workouts Definitely. these days. We're just like, I'm going to live to train another day here. Right. I'm you not going to throw that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I've been that guy before where it's like do something and can't walk for three days, but I did it. Right. Yeah. You're like, how is that smart? No, that's, that's so dumb. Yeah. So yeah. no, I can appreciate that. Well, that. I can always add on, like, after the workout today. Like, any time that there's going to be a – when we have a workout where I'm, like, I'm not, like – like, I'm tired, but I'm not, like, Devastated. spent. Yeah. I've got a little more energy where I can yeah. do some more and I just do some more work and work on a skill that, I, that I'm that exactly. i working on. You know, and it just – yeah. There's That's a, a good I'd spot I'd rather to just be. use a little bit more than, than just lose all of it and then – that's it. Yeah. And then and I, I th- am like three days. I'm, you know, that's, I'm, I can't move. Which again, days. I think it's, I think you're like in a, in a, in a really like, that's a sweet spot to be like, as far as training goes, we're just like most days you feel a little spent. And then there's other days where you got a little bit left in the tank and then go ahead and do something else. that's not necessarily high intensity. Right. It's like, I'm going to do some core work or I'm going to do some squats or something like that. Yeah. So, um, cool. I'm going to flip the script on you and I've got a question. So okay. you, Give me some coaching advice for this business. Oh, wow. And be as critical as you would like. Well, you know, I've thought about it. There's not. I know you have. That's why I I'm asking you. I have thought about it. And it's it probably part of the reason why why I love it so much here is because there's really, to be honest with you, there's really not. I mean, you got you got great coaches, mm-hmm. consistent, and they're cons- they're all consistent. They all maybe coach a little bit differently because they're all different people. They're all different, but they're great coaches. Mm-hmm. They're all great coaches. There is not one coach that I've had that I that 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 works here now yep. that I go, you know what? Like, no mm, thanks. Not hitting the bar. Like they all, they're all awesome. They're all great. That's cool. So there's so that's and that to be honest with you, like, and this is and as a coach mm-hmm. and biz, business coach, I focus on the humans in the business. That is because you know we could have a you know, killer facility, multi-million dollar facility with all the best equipment, all the best procedures mm-hmm. and all the best systems and financial, you know, like we've got everything down, but we've got crap people working. It's just going to disintegrate because that's because the humans create the context of mm-hmm. the business. You create the expectations of your clients. You expect your, your, the expectations of each other as a team. Um, it's, it's huge. Like that is a yeah. Huge consistency is thing. key, and I think um, we're in a good spot now. Obviously now, but it's taken a while to get to that point where I think the the product is consistent across the board. But then it puts me in a weird spot where you're like, man, that's great, but it's not good enough. Like we could be better. So it's like, how do we how do we push to that next rung on the ladder without yeah. without you know crushing the team? You know. Yeah. So it's like you have to. Then it becomes like these little nuanced things all the time. You know. And it's tough because the reality is is that once you've gotten, once you've gotten really big, 
there's a number of things that a number of challenges that come along with being really big. One is that you're a big target. I mean, that's number one. Yeah. And the other one is I make dumb decisions. You (laughs) make some dumb decisions. Yeah. You make some crazy decisions or, you know, you just, you you don't have, you becoming small after you've been really big is very challenging in so many ways. Ego wise, number one, because you, there's this, uh, we have this rolling idea in 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 industry that we have to just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and i it's not look it's not it's not necessarily that we need to be getting bigger but Mm -hmm. we do need to be getting better Better. all the time better better than we were yesterday like Mm -hmm. that i believe but i don't believe that bigger or more is necessarily better i really believe that i agree with you and but i would tell you from from experience that's a that's like a razor's edge Mm mm-hmm it's razor's edge, mm-hmm. particularly if you're ambitious. It's like oh, especially oh, if you're ambitious. It's like it's like you can literally just think you're on a safe path and then fall off a cliff mm-hmm. like very very quickly. And uh, I experienced a little bit of that this year. Um, but you know, it's it's a learning curve. It's just like, and like you said, like as you grow and as you develop, the challenges are always different. Like mm-hmm. it's the, never the same. Like the decisions you make have larger repercussions. Like they have bigger upside and bigger downside. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and sometimes you got to step on some nails and uh, (laughs) learn not to do that again. Yeah. So, but that's, uh, it's just tough. What do you think lessons learned wise? Because I know you've had a big year. I don't know the details of the year. I know that there was another location. I know Mm -hmm. that it closed. It's literally. I mean, I would, I mean, like, I'm not even going to mince words about it. Like we, we failed on 75% of the things we tried this year. Which, in 10 years, it's probably like our worst year. So, like, the 10th year was the hardest. Um, and it is what it is. Like, some of it, some of them were bad decisions on my part. Some of them were outside variables that, like, had no control over. Like, I, like I could have never known that was going to happen. It's just like, yeah. it is what it is. Like, move on. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, there's definitely, I definitely learned some things there with regard to, you know, like extending yourself too far, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and people can tell you that all day, but it's just like, well, A, you don't really know, like, because me extending myself is not the same as you extending yourself. And I'm not saying better or worse. I'm just saying they're different. Um, So you kind of have to find out what that is for yourself. And then you can like extending yourself over here you know, is not the same as extending yourself over here, mm-hmm. right? Like they're just different, mm-hmm. you know, and, ex- and and then you get into the actual business side, which is like extending yourself financially versus ex- extending yourself from a time standpoint, right. you know, and all of those have different, like and it's what just are your thresholds for yeah. those things. Like how much of these can I do? But then also too, like being a family man, how is this going to affect the family? How is yeah. this going to affect my, I mean, there's a lot of balls in the air at the same time. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I would say like largely this, you know, like, on paper, it was a failure. Um, but I look at it, what I now know because of that. Right. I mean, yeah. you can't you can't pay for that kind of knowledge. Right. Like, exactly. That makes me significantly more intelligent, um, you know. But it could and also make you better. And I've seen. No, I think, it, I think it has. You know what I mean? I think it has. Taken, and I think like, it will. And the thing that I struggle with is, like, largely I don't really listen to, cri- to criticism. Um, but 
generally when you fall on your face pretty hard, like it doesn't come without criticism, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, it, it's been tough for me to swallow some of that this year. We're just like, listen, you don't know. Like you're not out here trying to do the thing. So. Right. Right. I don't really care what you have right. to say. Yeah. You you can, know? You're obviously going to have your opinions and yeah. you're, yeah, but. And that's cool. That's, that's easy for you to say for sitting over there on the right. sideline. That's cute. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I've had to kind of yeah. like push to the side. Um, yeah. And I, that's just part of life, you know, like it's, it just Absolutely. is what it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I've had different business coaches over the years. Yeah. Um, and then what I found is like, I, like, and I think you like anything else, just probably like as a personal trainer and as a coach. And I'm sure you've seen this, but like you grow out of coaches because yes. they no longer fit yes. what you need. Yes. And what I needed was somebody who was way more stern. Somebody who was, you know, because at first you need a coach to kind of bat ideas around, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, what about this? Mm-hmm. And then at some point, and I'm, I'm a fairly, I'm definitely not unreasonable, but I'm a pretty strong personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I need is somebody who's going to be like, hey don't do that right well you need somebody who's willing to stand up to you and because and honestly any coach any coach who calls himself a coach has to be that person yeah i have to i have to remove my fear of you not liking me or you firing me so that's what i I tell you what is the truth so that's what i didn't have this year i had somebody who was willing to bat around ideas but nobody and then i had some friends who were previous coaches of mine who i kind of talked with afterwards and who were just straight up with me and they're just like hey dude you need to just get to it and i was like god i was like where were you eight months ago i know i know right so um all things to the good though you know because i think ultimately i mean man those failures are the they are the suffering time of being a business and it really does you know it it's it sifts out between you know the men's and the men and the boys i mean it really does like when you yeah. can go through some fire like this you know and and get lessons learned out of it mm-hmm. and move forward with those lessons and be more wise because of it mm-hmm. and be of value because of that i mean that's like what else could you be asking for aside from maybe more money in another like another place that you've got to manage i mean it's you know when it yeah. boils down to it like yeah. really yeah you know i think the ego is really the thing that takes the biggest hit of anything. Which, I don't know, I feel like I've been pretty good about, I've ju- I'm just, I'm not, I, I, I'm, and again, somebody might, some people might disagree. I don't think I have, a, like, a big ego. I do think my ideas are grandiose, which is a challenge, well, you're right? entrepreneur. So, yeah, normal. so like, it's like, okay, then, like, is that narcissism? Like, I, you know, yeah. I don't think, I'm definitely not infallible. I think you that's know? a pretty weird um, association, narcissism and grandiosity. I don't. I mean, I guess if you have grandiosity about yourself, like, oh, I'm like the king of all across. Oh, it. yeah, yeah. But no, like grandiosity in terms of like ideas of what's possible yeah. in the future and narcissism, not even, not yeah. even the same basket. Like I they're would not agree. even in the same yeah, basket. You're right. You know? Probably like a wrong terminology, but, um, yeah. but sometimes I do think about that. I'm like, man, am I being, is this, is this narcissistic to think that we could achieve this? Or maybe arrogant. Maybe. I mean, maybe yeah, arrogant. I don't know. But I, I mean, I don't, I I think that, I think that if you, if you think that something is possible and you're willing to do the work to get to Mm -hmm. it and you also understand that you may fail between here and there, that's just the journey. It's just, it's just, that's I mean, I'm on the other side. I'm like, where I'm like, it's highly likely I'm going to fail. Not, not like permanently, but like there's going to be a lot of failure in that whole process. Like that I'm, that I'm totally on board with. And to some extent, like maybe too much. 
where I'm just like, sometimes it's assumed failure. And I'm like, well, maybe it's not good to fail a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know it's, it is inevitable, but it's not necessarily required. No, you know what it's I mean? not. Agreed. So, yeah. Um, if there was one thing that we could do here for you, and you can put on whatever hat you want for this, that would improve what we do here, what would you think it would be? Um, I think more just, and I just say this because I love the people here mm-hmm. so much, is maybe doing more I'm like taking notes right now. Do this. get together kind of okay. things like, so, like social, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and even things like, Hey, let's go, I don't know, like, uh, Oh, Oh, <laughs> let's all go down to Saberation. You heard of this place? No. What is that? It's Saber like lightsabers oh, shit. like star wars lightsaber fitness oh all right I'm in. yes yes you know what where's that at i've seen it's i've seen that on, sign i think pleasure house road i think you're right yeah um, like let's just all go down there <laughs> and just beat each other and to <laughs> death with lightsabers <laughs> you know <laughs> done like, let's star wars comes out this friday so we could do it we're already making plans i know <laughs> oh that's great or like just some kind of i like you know so i like, will i will so i agree with you 100 percent. i, I will, would say hiking but you don't i will tell you here, so. my struggle with with making that happen okay. so i am not an event organizer i get that yeah and so the idea of that to me is exhausting. Yeah. Like it makes my skin crawl. And it's not because I'm against it. Like I think it's awesome. Like mm-hmm. I definitely am going to show up to Saberation and have a good time. <laughs> um, but putting it together, no. It makes me want to like vomit. Slap babies. Okay. You know? Um, <laughs> okay. Like, got it. I'm okay. just, just, got I'm it. just being super. Right. It's just, it's not, it's not like in my wheelhouse. It's yeah. not like my skill set. Like I don't like it. Yeah. Um, and then we've kind of, kind of tried to give it to different people and, what I know mm. is that event planners are very specific people, yeah. like people that really get their rocks off on putting on events together. Mm-hmm. Like that's why they're good at it. Everybody else, and I don't care what you think about your event planning skills, you're subpar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah. that's the way it is. We're yeah. just like, I like to put on events. I'm like, no, if you'd really like to put on events, like that would be your profession. Mm-hmm. You just like the idea of putting on events. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that's and that's not to knock anybody. Like I, that's just what I know at this point. Where it's yeah. just like, listen, if you're going to give that to somebody who, air quotes, likes to put on events, I'm like, it may or may not go well. It's a mm-hmm. crapshoot. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I agree with you. We just like trying to figure out how to make that happen systematically and like yeah. giving that person enough leeway to make it happen. And then it's like maybe they do like that, but maybe they don't have time. Right. So, right. Um, it might be one of those things as an entre- entrepreneur just got to suck it up and do it. Yeah. And it might just need to be my thing for a while until. So I know I think that's a fair criticism and something that I would agree with you wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. with. I agree. Well, I think it would be a good opportunity too. Like when we have like the 12 days of Christmas Mm -hmm. and you can bring somebody who's not done CrossFit with, you know what I mean? Like bring a family member because they're in town. You know, like another opportunity for people to not just experience. Because I really do think that the idea of CrossFitters and Mm. like, oh, they're so hardcore and like, there's a, you know, like. It's highly inaccurate. It it is very inaccurate. It really is very inaccurate. It's kind of like, it's kind of like alcoholism is also very inaccurate like people's idea of what alcohol an alcoholic is is like oh. incredibly inaccurate that's fair it really is so it's the same kind of thing like you know comparing insides to outsides mm-hmm. but i think having the opportunity for people to come out and meet the people in the gym 
like on a totally different level. Like not in a workout scenario. Not yeah, yeah, or like even in a workout scenario, but not a CrossFit workout scenario. You know, like where you're meeting the people and you realize these are normal Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. Like some of them are like a little more intense than others, but not any more than you'd expect in any other kind of a setting. Like you had just yeah. have different personalities. You know yeah, what I mean? like if absent of you knowing they do CrossFit, it wouldn't be weird. Exactly. You know, like, oh, he's just a A-type. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. So I, I like think it. something like that would be kind of cool because then people can – I do think that that's – if it weren't for the fact that people are so – welcoming here Mm -hmm. and we do stuff we do tons of stuff outside of the gym like with our kids Mm -hmm. and all of that i don't know that i'm super proud of to be honest with you yeah Yeah. that's huge that i'm super proud of the loyalty here is very very strong like i'm all about it here and that's a big reason and i'm just to be fully transparent here that is not entirely my doing that's just a lot of like good people Mm -hmm. you know i think a lot of people would like to take credit for that I'm, I'm definitely not taking credit for it. Right. However, I am proud of it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. because we, I try to foster it, uh, yeah. but I definitely did not create that. That was not my creation at yeah. all. That's just like kick ass people. Yeah. Well, so. and I think that we do, I think that we attract uh, w- what we are. I a agree. Lot, you know? Yep. And so while you're not responsible for it, you are attracting what you are. Yeah. You know, and so in a way, you kind of are. You know what That's I mean? Fair. In a way, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, portion, yeah, yeah. a portion, yeah, yeah, a portion yeah. of it. I would agree you know with that. what I mean? Part of it. I yeah, mean, yeah. if you have just a life full of, you know, schmucks, <laughs> you might want to look at yourself. Yeah, maybe it's you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If you're complaining about your friends, yeah, probably, probably your fault. Get new friends. Um, cool. Uh, last question. This is um, more for me than anything. What's your f- – do you read? Are you a reader? I have got, like, six books going right now. Six? Uh, yeah, they're all very – yeah, What do you like mom. to read? Do you write, do you, is it fiction or nonfiction? Um, well, what do I like to read? Um, I like, as far as like stories, I like, 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 uh, murder mystery. I love history. I'm a big history oh, okay. person. I just, I'm fascinated with any kind of history, uh, any history, mm-hmm. but, um, I right now I'm reading, uh, I've got like two parenting books that I'm reading. What are they? Uh, one of them is Montessori. What's it called? Like Montessori from the start, I think is the okay. name of it. And the other one is one, two, three magic. Montessori is obviously um, about education. It is, but yeah. yeah, and about kind of setting your kid up for to be self, to be independent, basically, okay. and to, and to increase their attention span. And then once you through magic is like a disciplinary kind of a how to stop behavior and start behavior. Okay, it's it's a really good book. Okay, um, both were recommended. And then I've got um, several spiritual books going. I've got yep. Richard Rohr is currently my favorite uh, like spiritual okay. writer. He's a Franciscan priest huh. who basically questions the christian religion like the human elements of christianity okay um but not the faith not like the principles it. of it so and i love it because it it just to me it is it is spirituality and not religion like that is the I dig it. for me that's the difference I dig you know it's it. like really embodying versus looking the part yeah yeah okay i can yeah. dig it what about business books I'm not reading any business books currently. Do you have a favorite? I have a lot of business books. I love, I think my... If for an entrepreneur, if you're like going to give them a book and you're like, you must read this, what would it be? So, oh, geez. Like a new business owner? Um... I guess that's a loaded question because it ma- it depends, right? Okay, as a new business owner or someone who's really struggling with their business sort of being their prison, I would say Emeth, E-Meth is probably yeah, a great one. Michael yeah. Gerber, yep. Um... 
What about somebody Gets who's... Gets Great's really great. That's another one. That's um, And then Drive by Daniel Pink. Drive? Drive. It's all about motivation. It's, it does a lot. Like, like talks I've about a lot of research and motivation and huh. intrinsic, extrinsic. Fascinating. It's, hmm. fa- it's one of those like... Like you have to like studies yeah, yeah, to yeah. like the book, Got but it. it's really, really good. Okay, and very, uh, yeah, it's really good. What about? Oh, fuck it. What about like me? Right, like somebody who's like. Well, where are you? I'm on that spot where you're like trying to break through. I think where you're just like you feel like you're on the cliff, but like you fit, can't figure out how to get to the other side. Do you know what is stopping you from getting to the other side? I don't think so. Uh, no, that's a lie. The, so I think, uh, business is very much like fitness. If, if you're going to use CrossFit as a, as a model, right? So you've got like your weightlifting, you got your gymnastics and you got your cardio or your monostructural. Mm-hmm. I think business has, um, three modalities in it as well. So sales system is service. So I think we have really good systems here. So like everybody knows what to do, when to do and how to do it. Mm-hmm. I think we have exceptional service which is the coaching mm-hmm. um, and then sales. I think sales is where we are woefully inept compared to the other two. Right. Um, In terms of like marketing, getting your name out there, getting your like people. All of it. Known. So I would tell you, I would tell you internal and external. Mm, I'm going to go so back. Like front to, it, I'm going to go so back. like front end and back end I'm marketing. I'm going to go back to like an old one. Yeah. Okay. Grill marketing. Ooh, I actually think I have that, to be honest with you. I would maybe Might be the house. A read. I mean, it's old, like it's an old marketing style. Yeah, but like good, like, but but good like stuff, good, good principles are good principles. I don't care how old they are. And I really believe, like, when you're building a business and you're building it on, like, you're building it on bedrock and mm-hmm. you're building it on people who who are here with, you know, there's loyalty involved. There's it, There's just more to it than just marketing out there like being on groupon and like oh get you know yeah, yeah, yeah. get a one month for 20 bucks or what like yeah it's i'm just, definitely not you're doing gonna, that you are gonna yeah. be you know you have to remember who you're that's a spiraling attracting yeah like that's you a, have to remember who you're attracting that's a spiraling toilet right there is yeah, what that is definitely gorilla marketing going in there yeah. i think i've had it the i think i've had the house if i don't have it at the house i bet you 100 you know what i'm gonna check right now i think it's on my reading list yeah, that's a that's a good that's actually one I should probably pick up again too. Actually, it's been a long time. How since big? I've read do you, that is one. like is it a big book? Mm, uh, yeah, I mean it's decent size. Like three hundred pages. Probably, yeah. So, th- but three hundred pages is about my threshold. Yeah, that's about my yeah. Because I, I, like I, I read like a toddler. Yeah, Lindsay's giving me a hand size. Like, it's about <laughs> this about thick, like and I'm like, this. that looks like about seven hundred pages <laughs> of single space <laughs> type. Um, big. It's a big. Okay. Print. Cool. <laughs> Um, well, listen, I could do this literally all day because I've enjoyed every second of this. Yeah, However, um, I'm pretty sure you have better things to do than chat with me on this podcast. Um, anything else you would like the listeners to know? Uh, if you haven't told somebody about CrossFit Rife today, do it. I wasn't asking for a sales pitch. No, but it, I mean, for real. I don't know why. I don't really don't understand why you don't have just like insanely large classes here it really it really confuses me to be honest with you uh some of them are like the 9 and 5 p.m they get like that um but i mean you like i i mean i don't know what your membership is here i don't know how many people you i have, think we're but sitting like, at like 228 you guys are it is such a great place i think it's such a great place i love it i have a firm believer that every crossfit gym should have 400 members and the great ones should have five to six mm-hmm. now that's a, another topic altogether mm-hmm. and like what that would entail but i'm a that's the goal, mm-hmm. is like four, 
not because it's like <gasps> the money or anything like that, but like I I think that would mean that we're doing things right. Well, and you're reaching the community. You know. You're reaching the Virginia Beach community. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I really feel like from a mission standpoint, I feel like people have like deserve to know that one that CrossFit is not what they think it is. Correct. That they come to a place that they love mm-hmm. with the people and they're working out with people that are their friends. Yeah. You know what I yep. mean? And that they're coached by people that they trust and they know how their best interest in heart. Like, that's what you should be. Like, I never think about the gym and go, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. <laughs> never. Well, that's good. It doesn't happen. Yeah, that's And I good. can tell you that that was not my experience before, even even when I did yoga. That's great. So it's – and it's because, of the, it's because of the people. And I think that the – I think Virginia Beach needs to know about it. Hmm. So I well, think that – But I'm going to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. I think that it needs to know about it. Cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you for your time. Yes. This has been awesome. Thank you. Guys, if you have questions, hit us up. If you have somebody you want to be on the podcast, hit us up. If you want to be on the podcast, hit us up. <laughs> All right. See you guys next time.